Hello and welcome to the Marvelous No Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Henry, and this is my other co-host, Matthew. I'm still here, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and today we've got a very special guest, uh, Jay. Hi, uh, it's Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's over today to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean because he's, well, I think we all are kind of fans of the franchise, but I think Jay is quite a big fan, is that right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I was obsessed with it when I was a kid, and the only toys I used to have were Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so yeah so we have like quite a i think i got like a wild a, a varying array of like opinions from all three of us on the on the five movies um yeah so i guess first of all i just want to go through like the general opinions of the films like first off um so jay do you want to tell us what you like in general what you think of the whole franchise oh god is the whole the whole franchise is yeah. i mean it's it, it's great, right? Pirates of the Caribbean is an amazing franchise, but as a whole, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not <laughs> as great as a whole. Independently yeah. or the original trilogy, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you do the last two, then uh, that's when we start losing some points. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a popular opinion at the moment, definitely. Um, so, Matthew, what do you think of the general franchise? I'm very much the same. Yeah. I think that the first three untouchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they're they're on the pedestal. You can't uh, <laughs> can't touch yeah. them. Yeah. However, it's like it's like this sort of f- f- took their eyes off the road a little bit mm-hmm. and crashed into a tree, did a flip, <laughs> landed on an oil tanker and exploded. <laughs> that's um that's a very good description. <laughs> um yeah, I think the same thing here for me. I uh. I really loved the first three movies a lot, and I rewatched them like once a year, maybe. Um, but those last two, I, I see, I think I've seen them once, and I kind of avoid avoid them like whenever I can. Uh, Every year for Christmas, I get a DVD in me in me stocking. <laughs> last year, I got Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man Tell No Tales, and yeah. it's still in its packet. Like I've not, I've not <laughs> opened it. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't blame you really. <laughs> um, I um I think I do. Would you agree, Jay, that you were quite excited for the fifth one at least? Yeah, because I mean, the fifth one had the promise of you know Will and Elizabeth returning, and I feel like them, especially in the first film. The first film was made to be about them too, yeah. and when it wasn't, that's when the series and franchise sort of dwindled a bit. So to have them back sort of brought a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. magic to it but I mean they weren't really in that all that much they had like one or two scenes so it was it was a disappointment in that fact but um I was yeah. quite excited for the redemption from Stranger Tides <laughs> yeah I can't actually remember the scenes in, in Dead Men Tell No Tales with all Elizabeth yeah no I, I don't remember the scenes at all <laughs> I think there's two scenes maybe. <laughs> maybe um Will has one at the start where he his son tries to like kill himself just so his dad'll come and pick him up. Oh yeah. And then at the end then Will and Elizabeth reunite and then of course, you know, spoiler alert for the post credit scene, but then they're in bed with each other and Davy Jones's shadow comes back. <laughs> I remember that. I remember oh, thinking oh god, yeah. oh god. It's oh god. If they ever make a, a next one and it's then as Davy Jones came back somehow, I I will be so angry <laughs> in general. <laughs> Because like, like the third movie is just like a good ending in general, I would say, um, especially with David Jones and how he kind of wraps up. And I just don't, mm-hmm. I, just, I don't want more from him, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like he was probably the best villain they had, mm-hmm. and to bring him back just doesn't make sense. As much as I love Bill Nye and mm-hmm. his performance, and in college, me and Lachlan would just recite Davy Jones quotes to each other. <laughs> yeah. You can't bring him back yeah. to be a serious franchise. Yeah, it's it's kind of like he's his whole arc is just completely done. Um and I feel like him coming back the same way of like it's kind of like we're really running on fumes here and just bringing back old things. <laughs> um <laughs> which I I kind of understand that when it comes to like really old blockbusters that like Star Wars or Indiana Jones, but like Pirate Caribbean was ten years ago. Like we don't have that much nostalgia for Davy Jones coming back. Really, <laughs> um, it's yeah. I don't. I hope it kind of 
the franchise kind of ends in a way like with the fifth one and we just don't further ruin it <laughs> um so i don't see so it that's, that's where i sort of like delve into a different path i kind of i don't want them to make a six one for the mm-hmm. simple fact i think they butchered it with the last two but yeah. i feel like to make it even to have the original trilogy and then the second trilogy to finish on a really powerful like six movie i reckon that would be brilliant but of mm-hmm. course you can't do it unless johnny depp's on board i know they've been like speculating like doing the six one without johnny depp but yeah. they've killed you know jeffrey rush off you know barbosa Johnny Depp (laughs) is going through his crisis, so they can't make another Pirates of the Caribbean without, you know, them two. Yeah, it's, yeah, I feel like if they're going to make the last one, like the sixth one be the last big one, it's, they're going to have to, like, spend, like, a good amount of time making it and, like, making sure it's a good movie first and foremost. Um, (laughs) Because I think the fourth and fifth one, despite the fact that they've, like, it's only been two Pirates of the Caribbean movies in the last 10 years. Um, they still feel like rushed like movies. Like They don't feel like a natural progression of anything that came before. Um, yeah. I think the fourth one especially, even though I think I somewhat dislike the fifth one more than the fourth one, I think the fourth one feels like a spin-off movie and not like an actual Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. Would you I agree? much prefer four. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think four's passable, whereas five is more of a. <laughs> Why am I watching this? I just want to go home. No, I think I think I think Dead Man. I think I much prefer the fifth one over the fourth because, like Henry said, it's just like a side quest film, really. Yeah. The fifth one tries to go back into the roots of the original, where you know the two new love interests are like the main characters, and Jack's like sort of a side plot. Mm-hmm. But because you know the the way Johnny's played him and the characters then written, of course, to sort of complement you know the divorce and the accusations with his wife, mm-hmm. yeah. doesn't then work, and it feels just odd to see Jack Sparrow in that sort of a way, especially when you contrast that with how he was in the first film. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think my next topic was going to be just in general our opinion on Jack Sparrow as the movies like go on, because um, uh, I think. I think there's kind of a a weird. I don't want to say there's an instant decrease in quality from the character. I just think that I think his best performance is still the first movie, but the fourth and fifth movie really just like bring him down. <laughs> um, would you agree? Yeah, I'd 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 agree. The first one was just so fresh and original, and you could see sort of like the love and the passion that Johnny sort of put into the character. Mm-hmm. And then as the movies progressed, it, it was no longer you know Johnny playing this pirate character it was now johnny playing jack <laughs> as needs be like it, it was yeah. it, it was like meant to be this like mysterious like character who was so like confident and arrogant but would like obviously like mess up but he'd always be able to like save it he was a quick thinker yeah as the movie progressed he just became this almost bumbling idiot stumbling <laughs> through everything and somehow being lucky it yeah. was no longer sort of it didn't flow quite right Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, Matthew, did yeah. you, you agree with that? Yeah, I think you're left with the feeling from the original three that maybe it's an act. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And there are certain things he does where you can see, yes, that's how he's survived this long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, it's just more luck. Yeah. And as well, it's all the weird feeling where in the first ones, you sort of feel like he maybe is the main character, but then he's really isn't because mm-hmm. it's particularly from dead man's chest onwards it's really um elizabeth and will that take center stage yeah yeah well you know but that's sort of the impressive part of it is that they all manage to have their own depth and their own development and their own arcs mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. i think that's why it feels like such a, a drop-off and why you said it feels like a spin-off because it's complete Mm-hmm, yeah. They've all learnt something. They've all, they've all changed. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like the third movie has like incredibly like big stakes. Like there's the um, Cutler Becker character who's take, like taking like uh, control of all the seas, and like there's all these like sort of big grand like there's a, there's a whirlpool uh, uh, <laughs> ship fight at the end of the third one. Um, 
but like you get to the fourth one and even some parts of the fifth one just feel like we're going backwards in a way like we're just doing something different for like some fun for two hours <laughs> um which yeah and um i would agree that in the first one i do feel like it's his best performance because it it does feel fresh and new and it does feel like he's not taking over the movie even though you kind of get that feeling from him but and then i think it goes to the second and third movie as well where he's not the main character but he is getting more and more to do he's more of like a a fleshed out character which can be sometimes a a thing going against the character because sometimes it works better him being a complete mystery um but in the fourth one especially i think and in the fifth one is a complete different problem but in the fourth one i think um, him becoming the main character and even getting like a romance plot with um, the the female pirate cat person I can't remember the name of Penelope <laughs> Cruz's character yeah yeah I feel like putting Jack Sparrow into that protagonist main character romance action hero um, uh, character like character slot does not really work um, yeah it's yeah it's weird <laughs> and then the fifth movie just becomes just an idiot <laughs> in all ways. Um, yeah, it's. And do you would you say that is the actual performance gets worse, or would you say it's just the scripts, Jay? Uh oh, it's a little bit. I mean, the fifth one, you know, the script had to be changed to, of course, you know, compensate Johnny Depp's personal problems. So then you could say the script writing was in in that sense bad. Um, yeah. But with the fourth one, like yes, because the first the first film had all of its like setups and payoffs, and it really focused on Will and Elizabeth, and had all these other characters and their like little mini stories. Mm-hmm. With with Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, you still had all the different sort of stories and characters, and that's why I think they work because it focused on Will and Elizabeth. Yes, mm-hmm. it put more attention on Jack as the star like character. Yeah, but he had his own story arc, which then would intertwine with theirs. Yeah. As soon as you get to the fourth film, it's literally just Jack's story and any other sort of side plot or like, like that mermaid and the the priest guy. Like, what was that story about? They briefly <laughs> mentioned it, and yeah. like it just got forgotten about and brushed under. So yeah. they clearly didn't care about anything other than oh, it's just Jack and he's you know going for the fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was nothing. And then you know the whole payoff with you know Blackbeard against Barbosa, like. It was just mentioned, but it wasn't ever wasn't ever like thought of. <laughs> just yeah, sort of out, and then at the end they went, "Oh yeah, this was a thing. We'll quickly put this in." Yeah, um, yeah, I get. Yeah, it's like um, it's like in the first three, there's like an actual story being told that isn't about having Jack Sparrow be the the icon that he became after the first one. Um, it mm-hmm. feel like an actual like big story, um, and sometimes yeah, I think the especially sometimes in the third movie it can get a bit too complicated like there is a lot going on um and there is like a lot of different plot lines that all don't always like match each other like where they where they are at um but you go forward to the fourth movie and even the fifth one which is it's so simple in a way and i think that it's because they're trying to do the first movie again um which i don't think is working very well (laughs) um because the first movie is it has that weird charm to it where it isn't just a great movie. It's one of those like surprising great movies where I don't think anyone in 2003 expected to be any good. Um, so I think yeah. when you watch that film, it's um, it has that effect of like, like Jesus Christ, this is like really good for some reason. <laughs> um, and I think going back to the fourth, the fourth and fifth movie that are not really expanding on the first movie, just making another first movie it feels like, well, he's doing the same thing again, but slightly worse, um, or much worse, really. Um, and I do think uh, Jack Sparrow becomes, like, a really oddly, like, passive character. He just sort of, especially I want, especially in the fifth movie. Um, in the fourth movie, he does get, like, dragged around by other characters. Like, people, I think Penelope Cruz's character literally says to him, you want to come on this quest to get the Fountain of Youth because... I want it, not because he wants it, really. It's just because he wants it for a father. Um, and in the fifth movie, I think he's just, like, there by chance. <laughs> um, I can't really remember, honestly. Um, is he there by chance? <laughs> I, can't I can't remember either. I think it's just, yeah, he was trying to get the ball back 
Look, this is the thing, right? These are the two most recent movies. 2017 was when the last one came out. That's only like three years, and none of us can really remember. Dory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first three movies, we could recite to each other like almost word for word here. The yeah. last two are just atrocious. Yeah. But yeah, it was just sort of like brought onto it and like, hey, oh, I've got caught up in this and I'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, because I remember the fifth movie, I feel like that movie is trying to be like, kind of like a commentary on the franchise itself because it, by that point it lost a lot of steam. And I think Jack Sparrow being like down and out on his look is meant to be the franchise, like down and out, down and out on his look. But the, mm. the movie never makes Jack Sparrow learn anything or get better. Um, and I think the I don't even know if they try to, because I remember there's a flashback scene in the fifth one with like a young Jack Sparrow. And um, I think they like try to explain that, how he got his hat <laughs> or something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't First really we've all been wondering since the first film yeah all the questions we've had um yeah I think they give him his compass and then he goes I'm Jack Sparrow now and then it cuts to the present time and he's just still an idiot I don't really understand what the whole arc was I don't really think I remember at the end as well I think that the girl character and the the swan turner's son I think they like essentially saved the day but and Jack Sparrow is just kind of watching him do it. Uh, and I don't, yeah, it's odd. It's just so odd in the fourth and fifth movie, especially because you would think that they would, knowing that he's the star of the movie, you'd think that they would, like, make him an actual, like, Indiana Jones active sort of character. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> Into, like, a new topic, what, uh, Jay, what would you like to, like, happen if they're going to make the next one? I mean... Because we already said like one of the like really like a final send off, but like, what do you think the movie needs to be to in order to have that last good movie? <laughs> yeah, it needs. I think it needs to do some like justified fan service. However, they're gonna do it because the thing is like with the first film, like the post credit scene was just the monkey in the prison. That's all of the callback to the to the ride. Yeah, we weren't gonna do anything else of it. You know, Dead Man's Chest. You had sort of just the dog and the boar and that sort of complemented the movie mm-hmm. world's end it foreshadowed the you know the fountain of youth which made stranger tides and stranger tides forgot completely about her having the voodoo doll and then boom we're in dead man's chest so it needs to do some callbacks to other movies to sort mm-hmm. of wrap up everything that it's tried telling but hasn't yeah and then at the same time just sort of redeem jack because like you were saying in the fourth film nothing really happens like it's meant to be this big redemption arc that's clearly what the story was going for when mm-hmm. jack was you know a slump and he loses his ship and his crew and everything yeah but then by the end of the film what what's really changed like why did the crew go back to jack there was nothing that they just came randomly because that like wilson said yeah he then never did anything to prove to them that he was you know the captain jack we all know and love mm-hmm. and it was just nothing he did nothing through that entire fifth movie to have any sort of redemption but by the end of the movie you know he stands there on his on on the pearl and is content with his next adventure like Mm -hmm. i don't understand so it needs to be a proper redemption arc yeah the character as well as the series as a whole Mm -hmm. yeah um i i agree definitely i think as well it would it would be really helpful um to have the original director back um vabinsky um so i feel like his, his not just his way of like writing the films or um doing jack sparrow i think it was more his i feel like he added something to those movies where it wasn't just another blockbuster that was gonna do a general pirate um sort of action scene um i feel like he added a lot of like that comic sort of weird that weirdness to it all um that the fact that for the majority of the first three movies, and, even, and again, sometimes in the fourth and fifth movies, there's like a lot of like physics bending action that makes no real sense. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of people point out the big wheel fight in Dead Man's Chest. Um, yeah, like- I, yeah, it's like a great sequence that stands out and it just, it's so different from what we get now as well from general blockbusters. We don't really get that much of that much of like a weird epic action sequence. Um, and I think that the fourth and fifth movies, I 
barely remember like the accent in those movies. Um, I think there's a bank. There's like a bank house in the fifth one. Is there? Yeah, it's definitely seen, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. Um, I think at the end they go have like a. Is there like a, like a parting in the sea or something? Yeah, I remember that because it swallows up and, mm. um, in engulfs Barbosa. Yeah. That's all I remember, just that. <laughs> yeah. Um comparing that to like not even not even like the big whirlpool sequence, like even like the first like proper action scene with um Will and Jack Sparrow in the the blacksmith, like even comparing that, it's like I remember every every time like a sword hit each other in that scene, um compared to yeah. the new one. That, yeah. That scene is an incredible scene because it, it, it sums up perfectly what a good sort of fight scene is because when you break it down it's just sort of a fight between jack and sort of will like a little bit of a dismantled argument Mm -hmm. but you can see that jack at the start of it you know he walks around will so he tests his footwork he does one or two like hits so Mm -hmm. he knows he's got good coordination in that and then from there he's able to like sort of learn how he fights and how he knows will Mm -hmm. how he knows how to sort of fight so jack then of course you know has to do the cheating and all that yeah. And then it's brilliant because Will traps Jack by throwing the, the sword into the door and he can't get out. By the end of the film, when Jack's about to get hung, Will does that same move but then saves Jack's life. So yeah. then it sort of contrasts that. And that's what the other films have failed to do. They've failed mm-hmm. to create that intricacy. It's almost like a da- it's not just a random action scene for the sake of an action scene. It needs to be like an almost choreographed dance almost. Mm-hmm. It's got to have some meaning behind it. What? Why is it important to the story? What develops the characters really yeah. and how can then nicole we call this back at the end of it yeah i completely agree it's it's amazing how it's first three movies um things start like coming back and like just in general i feel like they if there's like a big moment that is made to be a big moment it's because at some point it'll become important as a as a character thing so even like like you were saying the sword thing in the door it kind of you could like you could put those two moments next to each other and you can completely tell from that how Will and Sparrow have changed as like characters. Um, like from just that one accent, you can tell all you need to know. Um, and I compare that to the fourth movie. Uh, I think at the end, they've, they're fighting one, a big cave. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I think, I think, no, no. Oh yeah, I can't remember now. Um, there's a big fight happening, but Jack Sparrow's not really doing anything. He's kind of just doing his Jack Sparrow stuff. <laughs> in Running in the middle of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole, uh, the mermaid subplot is happening literally in the corner. Um, it's it's so odd that there's so much stuff in that fourth film when you think about it, but so much of it doesn't at all mean anything as one, like, whole movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think Sparrow and the priest talk more than once. Um, I don't think the mermaid talks to anyone even. <laughs> and again, Penelope Cruz's character, even though I don't think I don't think she's terrible, I just think that just having a romance done with that Sparrow character is already doing like a disservice to it. It feels like um, it feels like you kind of put him into the main role, which he shouldn't be. Um, and I guess in another topic, I was kind of was wondering, what are your favorite? Like your favorite Jack Sparrow moments, um, Jay. Like, what, what's yours? Um. Oh, my favorite Jack Sparrow moment. Um. Oh God, that's a really tricky one now. Um. <laughs> yeah. After you know, after we've just slated it off for how like terrible the writing and all that is, the the first moment. It's got to be in in the first film. Just his introduction. Like he's introduced as this like godlike pirate. You know, the camera swoops down from a low angle. Mm-hmm. It's them like towering above everything else, and then you realize, you know, it's a sinking little dinghy, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just comes up then the character, you know, you have this larger than life character who always has a way out and a plan, and mm-hmm. even the wind like flowing through his hair and stuff sort of represents this like this status on him. And then you know he gets off the boat and just wandles in throws some money to the guy and then pinches it almost immediately back. It just, that yeah. is Jack. That's yeah. how he should be. And then when you open, you know, the fifth film and he's, you know, drunk, 
hung over in a safe in a random bank it, it's like it's it, embarrassing really <laughs> yeah um I think, yeah it's embarrassing that because in even though the first one makes him out to be some sort of kind of an idiot they still kind of managed to make him like a graceful kind of good good like good guy but he's kind of an idiot sort of thing <laughs> um like he pays off that guy and he, he still manages to get back onto the dock by on the little dinghy um, when you compare that to the fifth movie where I think he, he kind of wakes up in the bank and then literally, I think, gets taken on, taken on like a ride by the bank, like through like a rope. He doesn't really do anything active. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do anything. Um, yeah. So, Matthew, what's your favourite like Sparrow moment? Oh, so many to pick from. Um, I can... So the ones that initially come to my mind, mm-hmm. one of them is when he, in Dead Man's Chest, when he's just the leader of this tribe. <laughs> he just stumbles into being this leader of a tribe. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then him just... I always remember him running around the mountain, and they're all like, oh, look, it's Jack. <laughs> and then the whole... Just the whole... All the tribe come around the corner after him. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of others now. There are... Obviously, there's just so many. He's just trying to... Pinpoint which one. It's when you ask the mind. question, you forget them all, isn't it? Uh, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always remember him sitting on the top of the mast in De- in World's End, <laughs> yeah. battling David Jones. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like that's sort of like a that's a really good like um contrast as well. Even the second one where he's on the island, again, it's it's sort of like a bumbling idiot sort of. Um, moment for him but at the same time he does like by his own his own will like escape he actually like does things in the story and it's weird that we're like um, uh, criticizing movies for making our characters not do anything because like you think that'd be like a basic thing for like your main character um, so it's weird how much they just dropped the ball on it <laughs> um, yeah I think for me my favorite Jack Sparrow moment and there is like a lot. Um, it's hard to choose, but I do think in the second movie where he is, like, I think it's just before the big wheel fight, and he's fighting Will and Captain Norrington, and like he kind of stops them from fighting for a bit as they're going to kill him, and he essentially he, he has nothing going on like for him. There's nothing like, that's going to save him from certain death in this moment, <laughs> but he kind of somehow manages to talk his way through it, and he just says, "Well, James Norrington, think about it. We'll we'll turn it." He's a reason that you're like not a, a commander anymore, and you're living poor, and no one likes you. And Will Smith, uh, Will Smith, <laughs> um, Will Turner Just pops out there, pops out of the bushes, starts doing the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> That'll be a sixth one. Um, <laughs> and Will Turner, the talk, he talks about talks to him about how he's lost Elizabeth and all these sort of things because of because of Norrington. And then from that, them two start fighting each other, and Jack Sparrow just walks away. Um, and then from that, he falls, falls into a grave. Um, so I think having that contrast between him being that good as a, as a, like a con artist and then that bad as being just a human being is a great like two-minute scene that just tells you everything you need to know about this character. Um, and I think, again, compare, I keep on comparing to the fourth fifth movie, but it's hard not to when it's so, so different. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, that's a... That's a brilliant scene to sort of like contrast because like when you were saying earlier about in the fourth film when you have the you know the fight in the cave where the fountain is, mm-hmm. right there you know the Spanish army come to fight Blackbeard's army and then you've got you know Jack and some other people, yeah and uh, Barbosa's stuff so everyone's fighting everyone and I think I mean Jack says it himself they pick it in the story it's like like he says well hang on a minute like I need to understand something so. We will fight against them. They will fight against you. Only in the accounts of him wanting to kill him, and that's it. All of them, for some reason, just have this big brawl. They've built yeah. up some story and mentioned it at times, but in Dead Man's Chest, it's Jack has a motive where he doesn't want to be eaten by the Kraken. Will has a motive to save his father, and Norrington wants his life back. It's yeah. a meaningful fight then between the three of them, where the stakes are high. But yeah. in the fourth film, it's like all oh, the Spanish, you know, have been mentioned that the one the fountain. Oh, and here they are. We mentioned them at the start of the film, and they're just randomly here. There's been nothing built on it. While in yeah. Dead Man's Quest, we've, we've looked and followed the three of them to see that you know, Orington's been tra- like crap, and he's you know been 
summoned to work with Jack and he's been covered in pig, you know. Yeah. Stuff. Jack, you know, has been terrified and running from the Kraken and Will's been on the boat with his dad the entire time. Mm-hmm. So they've built up that backstory for that, like, miniature fight to mean something. But then, you know, the fourth one just sort of throws all of its pieces together like a kid with toys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even in, yeah, again, fourth one at the end, uh, there's like, I think there's a Spanish, like, army there as well. Um, and the Spanish <laughs> people don't do anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, they destroy it and leave. Like, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think they, like, I think the fourth one is, it starts off with them introducing the Spanish, the Spanish army. And I'm, and the entire movie, you're thinking, well, it must be important if you're going to have the first minute of your film introduced to Spanish army and like they're going to they're going to be big players. And mm-hmm. I think we see them on the boat, and, like on the way to the Fountain of Youth twice or maybe once even. And then at the end, they come into it and you forget that they're even coming. And then like they they I think they like stamp on the cup things and then just leave. Um, they don't really have an impact because the movie continues on anywhere about them. Um, they make a bit of like ruckus like they don't really do again they don't really do anything um which i i kind of want to if i'm going into like the behind the scenes i kind of want to say it's probably because um in the first three and especially the third one which was a three-hour epic movie which had so much going on i feel like if anything the criticism of those movies was that they were too complicated because there was so much going on um So I feel like they may, have, they may have kind of leaned into the whole comedic aspect of it, and instead of doing a whole, an actual big introduction, intradic- yeah, in uh, confusing storyline or whatever, um, with lots of different pieces moving, um, they decided to instead like come back down to just being a very simple adventure story. But even then, it's not a good one because this, like the first one is a very good simple adventure story, but the fourth movie is like it's a simple adventure story, but it's just not. There is no personal stakes in it any, at any point. Um, I don't yeah. really see the point of the whole movie <laughs> in this sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, one, it's one of them issues where the first one had, you know, undead pirates. The mm-hmm. second one had dead pirates. The third one kept them dead pirates. And then the fourth one had then pirate zombie people. Yeah. And the fifth one went back to having dead pirates. Mm-hmm. It's like the the, the needs something. It's probably why Davy Jones is so recognizable, just because of the amazing performance that Bill played, as well as all the other antagonists. Well, all the other villains, rather, are just dead zombie creatures trying to get Jack. Like, yeah, um, we need some variety. Yeah. Um... I think next time, uh, next time, their next topic will be like, uh, like how would you rank the villains? I guess because I feel like it's, I feel like we all know that maybe the top two ones, but I always, it's always interesting, interesting to see a difference between people's opinions on Blackbeard and Salazar, isn't it? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So how would you rank the villains, Jay? Um, David Jones has definitely got to be number one. Mm-hmm. Right. Incredible. Performance. Barbosa strong too. You know them two can sort of have their own battle of top place and bottom place. Mm-hmm. But because yeah. you know Barbosa was kind of an ally for the rest of the movies, you kind of lean more to David Jones being the ultimate like pirates bad guy. Yeah, the bad guy. Um, as for you know Salazar or whatever and um, Blackbeard, Blackbeard wasn't even a villain. <laughs> yeah, you can't say he was a villain because Jack was like you said earlier. He was just sort of thrown onto onto that boat for no real reason other than like that he had that piece of like the map that I could show you where the fountain was. Mm-hmm. Blackbeard had nothing against Jack, and yeah. Jack had no fear over Blackbeard other than he had the pearl. But them two at the time didn't even know that until like halfway through the film. <laughs> yeah, so I think. Blackbeard was definitely the worst villain in the series and probably the biggest wasted potential. Yeah, I would agree, definitely. Yeah, because you're talking about bringing Blackbeard in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, but in 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 terms of like myths about pirates and stories about well, it's not myth, but in terms of stories about pirates, mm-hmm. Blackbeard's the big one. 
Yeah, like everyone. He's knows. your Thanos. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows Blackbeard, even if you have no interest in pirates or anything like that. Um, and like everyone knows, like the story, like Blackbeard being like the worst pirate that all pirates fear, and you know he got his head chopped off in battle, and his body jumped back on the ship and continued fighting. It's like <laughs> so many like myths and like legends over like the way Blackbeard died and how terrifying he was, yeah. and then he was made into this like paranoid schizophrenic like freak <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's kind of a um, he kind of just like comes to the story about half an hour into it and just kind of is there like similar to jack sparrow i guess he's kind of like just there on the ship and i think that the only real active characters in those two in the fourth movie is probably like barbosa and the female pirate uh Pelope cruz character um mm-hmm. Because they they want like certain things for actual like real personal reasons. Um, even though like the Penelope Cruz character is very like wishy washy kind of, I don't know which side she's on. Similar to Jack Sparrow, um, you still get a sense that there's something personal about what he wants to do in the story. Um, but yeah, like similar like Blackbeard, he's kind of just. I feel like they were like, how do we top David Jones or even Barbosa? And it kind of thought, well, Blackbeard, because it's Blackbeard, but then didn't do anything to enhance the idea of him just being Blackbeard. Um, yeah. It's sort of just, well, you know the name. You got the good actor, Ian McShane. He'll do okay, I guess. Um, here he is. <laughs> um, yeah. What's your opinion on the fifth villain, uh, Salazar? Uh, he's, um, he's good, but he's just like, he's better than Blackbeard. Because at least he had like something against Jack. <laughs> yeah. Just it, it was just like an almost carbon copy of like the first film being like boned dead, like ghost pirate type things. Mm-hmm. And it just he never seemed like a big threat. Not really. No. <laughs> no, you have the scene of him running to the shore and then he can't step on the land and that. And mm-hmm. then you have him chasing them for a bit and then wishy-washy stuff happens it's just like there's i don't feel any sort of stakes to this and then when i do watch it i don't feel you know worried about the characters or that i just go what is this mess of a scene yeah <laughs> um yeah i would agree that salazar for me is a bit better in a sense that i do feel like at least he's he, just has, he has like a backstory to do with the fact that jack sparrow kind of ruined his life and all these sort of things um yeah it's a solid backstory for a good arc for him, but I think that the movie doesn't even end with like them having not even a battle really. Like I don't think they they ever come to the conclusion on them two. I think it is. I think it's the Will Turner son that just kind of. Um, I think he breaks like the curse or something like that. Um, yeah, and that releases. Salazar, and then Salazar's like, well, I'm going to die now because I'm underwater or something like that. Um, and I think, I think that's it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Matthew, what do you think about Salazar? Uh, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it just, to me, it just feels like the sort of more generic, I'm a bad guy. I'm going to mm. hunt you down because you wronged me. Yeah. It just feels... A bit. I don't. Want, I don't want to say generic because I'm sure they did put some effort in. Mm-hmm. But it feels like they just wanted a plot device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just yeah. felt like they wanted to create a reason to do with the plot that Jack has to do all these things and go on an adventure that he doesn't particularly want to go on. Yeah. And it felt like the reason they had was just a ghostly villain who is sort of a combination between Barbosa and Davy Jones. Yeah. Uh, it's a magic ship with magic people on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, I wouldn't Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to like to talk about the It's kind of it's, it's hard to grasp. Yeah. We I put like, like some it... effort in to make him a bit like scary and like aggressive. Yeah. Really, the only yeah. scene you can see which was a bit of a threat is when he's like threatening Barbosa. But even then, it's just it doesn't feel like it it it'll go anywhere. 
It's mm-hmm. just like I would eat one person from your crew every time I go with my stick. Yeah. And it, well, yeah. point? I don't know any of his crew, so they can die for all I care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From the original film, where you knew all of them, you knew Gibbs, you know, Pintel and Regretti, you know, the small, bald guy, Martin, I think his name was. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd feel upset if then you saw one of them die, or it was like, I'll kill one of these. But it wasn't. It was just a bunch of generic dressed pirates. Yeah, there's some people that were on board. <laughs> um, and again, it's sort of, I think, a weird thing of Barbosa and Salazar don't really have any sort of conflict anywhere. It's just there to be a bit scary and a bit menacing. Um, and it just, yeah, it kind of rings false in so many ways. Um, and I feel like I made a big point of it on like the opinion post on the Pirates Caribbean I did, but that that weird five-minute scene where Jack Sparrow gets married... Um, is I think, the worst scene in this franchise <laughs> um, because I I would say that the first three are definitely jokey um, kind of funny quippy movies, um, but I never felt like any at any point do I ever feel like the first three movies ever stopped to do a joke. Um, it was always like a part of a a scene that was about something else or if it like wasn't a nice a, yeah it was yeah it would always be for like some reason that would like make us go forward in the plot. Um, in the fifth one, I remember the, the the wedding scene is, I think by accident they get onto an island and they just, Jack Sparrow wakes up and he's getting married and it's five minutes long. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, I don't really understand the point of it. And I think it's a pretty great example of what really brings down the the new, like the last two movies. Um it just, it all feels like a bit extra instead of like the next actual chapter. It just feels more like, well, it makes money, so we'll do some more. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, like, this, they must have, like, for art, it's a comedic series, therefore we'll do more and more jokes. But yeah, it just, it just feels like. People like it, let's like make them laugh, but that's not why we liked it in the first place. Yeah. We. If Zack Sparrow was the main sort of like audience takeaway from the first three, it was because he wasn't just the comedic character in a serious setting. It was because like he was a character as himself as well. Like he had a little arc in the first movie. He had so many different things that were mysterious about him. He was actually, he would do stuff that propelled the plot forward. Um, He wasn't just the big joke off the movie. Um, And then the fifth one, I mean, there's even a scene where he has no he has no um no trousers on and that's the joke. Um it's uh it's it's really like depressing when you think about it. <laughs> the downfall. Um We've been brutal. Yeah, we have been, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean if they're gonna make a redemption six one, like they keep saying they're going to, the need to take constructive criticism from every article, every mm-hmm podcast or video made about it mm-hmm. because like henry said it's the fifth film had that entire wedding it was like five minutes of just a joke which then makes the franchise and the film itself just look as an embarrassing joke the first mm-hmm. like film and the other you know dead man's chest and world's end don't really have any scene that is meant to be a joke to have like throwaway lines or little comments or like a nice witty uh, back and forth bit of banter between the characters and that makes it entertaining and funny you know when they're all around the pirates table and that guy goes and so we shall go to war it's like that's a really serious scene but that's a really funny line that just quickly get in and it's just like quick boom and it's brilliant and it makes that entire scene hilarious mm-hmm. for the right reasons yeah. the wedding makes the film look like a joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah when I it's kind of like a big, it's kind of like a big, remember you're watching a movie sort of thing to the audience when you do something like that and just make it a five minute scene that means nothing. Um, yeah. yeah. I just, it's like, it's so weird to me. Um, with, yeah. Yeah. I think with that, the comedy, it's, it's big. It's more that you notice that with the four and five in that, like you said, they're going for more comedic scenes. They dedicate specific scenes to comedy. And you think that's, is that why they're doing it? Are they just doing this to milk it and that's how they think the Pirates of the Caribbean films go? 
Mm-hmm. When in reality, the first two sequels, Dead Man's Chest and World's End, you can tell, as well as the fact that they were made back to back and they were released in consecutive years, mm-hmm. you had that sense of they had a vision for it and they have a vision for the story and it's not just capitalising on the success of the first one. Yeah. Because yeah. one of the things I always come back to, one of the I always admire about Pirates of the Caribbean, is that for the two sequels, they just thought, let's just do it. Let's make these films, let's make them as big and as bold and as ridiculous as we can because we've got a story to tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like a good like a good indicator of that is the first like ten minutes of Dead Man's Chest is so I it's I don't want to say it's like depressing or sad. It's more like the status quo that we got to by the end of the first one is sort of like from the get go kind of ruined. Um, um Elizabeth and Will are not getting married anymore. Um, Jack Sparrow's on like getting chased by something else now um, and it has this very dark foreboding beginning to that second film um, and again it doesn't do that thing that sequels sometimes do where they they kind of revert the last movie and then get to the same place again so it could have easily been a second movie was going to be another adventure where Jack Sparrow um, has to do another, another MacGuffin chasing thing and Will is about to get back together um, Instead, that second movie is very much delving into Will, Will Turner's character and with his father and Elizabeth's character and how much he wants to be an actual pirate, not just someone's wife. Um, it's, yeah. It could have been easily another reset, but it, it wasn't. And again, the, the ending of that film was, again, a cliffhanger and a very dark cliffhanger. <laughs> and it's, it, it could have been an Indiana, Indiana Jones sort of sequel where it's just like another adventure. Um, and it... And I feel like Pirates of Caribbean, as much as it could have worked like that, I feel like having a trilogy that feels like one big holistic sort of experience is is much better as um as a sequel because it just feels like you're watching the story progress instead of just seeing the story happen again but with different paint <clears throat> uh quarter paint. Um yeah. And it's the four or fifth movies definitely feel like the first one again, but with the pay of new court <laughs> and you've <laughs> a new court of paint. Um, yeah. And I wanted to bring up the like the news that's come out, I think in the like, last few months about the next one. because um, it's weird like varying reports on what's gonna happen. Um, so the first report is that I think it's Margot Robbie is gonna be doing a reboot of the Pirate of the Caribbean with yeah, the writer- with, with the writer from Birds of Prey. Yeah. Um, and that's going to have Jack Sparrow not in it um, for some reason. But at the same time, they're also saying that they're having a new Pirates of Caribbean movie that's the uh, continuation of the five movies, but without the whole Margot Robbie thing. And it's going to be written by the same people that did the, four, the first five movies. So. And uh, they still want to do it with a female lead pirate because when they're saying they wanted karen gillen yeah it's confusing <laughs> what's happening right now um how would you feel jay about if margot robbie new female cast or a continuation but without jack sparrow really in it that much this is the thing like i know especially with the film industry and everything going on with like black lives matter and and uh you know female power i guess you could say Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand the need for it and the representation in film to do it. Mm-hmm. However, like Elizabeth Swan was a fantastic example of a f- strong female lead. Like she was never just like the governor's daughter. She yeah. was this independent character. She did her own thing. She fought against Jack and Will and all of them. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you know, the pirate empress or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's something to look up to. And so they can't, they shouldn't fall into the same boats that the Ghostbusters remake did, where they just did the Ghostbusters, but with women, because mm-hmm. that film flopped, not because it was women cast. There was yeah. a good selection of female actresses there, but just because th- it, it, it wasn't a film that needed to be a film, like there didn't need to be a female Ghostbusters, really. Yeah, made the film because they needed it at the time, and so I don't think that remaking Pirates of the Caribbean or doing the sixth one with an entirely like female lead mm-hmm. is a great idea. I think yeah. if they're gonna do it, don't make like a female Jack Sparrow, but do what they tried doing with Penelope Cruz's character in the fourth one, like make a pirate who was a female, mm-hmm. just 
as exciting and stuff as uh, Jack was in the first film. Yeah. And be like, if they don't include Jack, then nothing needs to be done. But if they do include Jack, which I think, again, as a Pirates film, they need to do, mm-hmm. then they can have this sort of like back and forth thing. So it's almost like Jack's Maddie's rival. And <laughs> then they can get that like female empowerment and the female representation, but then they can still have Johnny as Jack. And then if they do that, the female character could then be the main character of the sixth film, and Jack can yeah. be back to the sort of supporting role almost. Like he pops in and out of the film here and there and sort of it continues it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can totally see they can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be, I think, a great idea for them to do kind of like a Star Wars thing where you get like a new cast and you have the old cast there supporting the new cast. Um, so I feel like, and again, I'll, yeah, like you said, it'll be a great reverting back to Jack Sparrow being a supporting character first and foremost, um, which I feel like we, all, we can all agree that is his, that's his best role. Because um, mm, yeah. in the yeah. first, especially, he's sort of like, he's kind of like the like the the thing that gets a plot moving compared to, the fourth and fifth movie where the plot happening around him. Um, when you introduce Jack Sparrow to those first three movies, especially the first one, it's kind of like you're int- introducing the actual story almost, but he's just there to give it to, the, give it to the characters for them to figure out. Um, so having him in like a potential sixth movie with maybe a female cast, I think that's a great idea, but I don't feel like the Ghostbusters route of rebooting it, but with just the same characters as the last movie but that this female female now is it's it's just not a good way of doing it <laughs> in general would you agree Matthew yeah and as well you have the fact that all the all the anti-women sexist people will be straight on it if they do <laughs> yeah you know you'll have it'll, it'll get review bombed and it'll just be it'll just be sad to see see a pirate film yeah. triggered that way. Yeah. By be. those ultras. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, like you say, I think there, there is definitely a way to do it. And I think a Margot Robbie character or a Karen Gillan character have a, have a place or have a potential place in the franchise. Yeah. You've just got yeah. to approach it like, yeah. like The Force Awakens was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like. I mean, even the fifth movie tried to do it. I think in in a, a very small way of like the the main character whose name I can't really remember um, from the fifth movie. Um, I think they kind of tried doing it there, but it's found to the same pitfalls of just like again, way too much comedy, not enough actual personal stakes, not enough, not enough actual like horror even. Because I feel like that's a pretty main big thing about the first three movies. Um, they're quite like. They're always some place like some sort of horror or a kind of a, a tense scene. It's never. I mean, the fourth movie. I don't really think we have any sort of horror-led sequences. Um, it's no. you don't really have that overpowering, ghostly or powerful antagonist. <laughs> yeah. It, it just. Yeah. It yeah. It's just sort of they they ghost because this is the last one we had ghosts kind of. <laughs> um, yeah. It's the feeling of the entire series from the fourth one onwards is, is like kind of like we did it before, so we'll do it again, um, sort of thing. Um, yeah, so we're coming up to an hour now. So at the end, you, like just now, do you want to like do a little kind of like a a general kind of opinion on what we just talked about for an hour? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> so I mean, to sort of summarize, really everything we've been saying, I think it's it's all agreed that. Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, Curse of the Black Pearl, which, you know, was released in 2003, it's almost like 20 years old, is still like a staple in just like cinema and stuff. And the way the story is, the characters are written, the plot, everything is a really great example of how to make a really good film, not mm-hmm. just like a Pirates movie. Yeah. But, you know, as time has progressed, they've sort of they've lost the relevant, they've lost the mark. So I think that. If they ever did do a 6-1, they need to go back to the roots of let's make a film because we want to make a film and we want people to enjoy it. Not just a, a money-grabbing thing. Oh, people like Pirates of the Caribbean, they like Johnny Depp. Yeah, let's throw it in. Yeah. They need to, to focus on that. There's good parts of all of the films, 
there's mm-hmm. bad parts of a few. At World's End, I didn't like how they had the entire Pirate Council and mm-hmm. had, you know, the nine Pirate Lords. But then, you know, they don't really fight in the final battle. It would have been great to have them join in at times and stuff. So, you know, there's like little preferences here and there, which probably will change between person to person who you ask. Yeah. But as a whole, it's still a really great film that holds itself together well and mm-hmm. flows naturally. And so as a nice cinematic uh franchise it's got a lot to learn from others like star wars or you know marvel and the avengers and stuff mm-hmm. but something that realistically pirates started the sort of almost post credit scene type stuff disney do and <laughs> yeah. something that was based on a theme park ride the impact it's had on the world and cinema as a whole is phenomenal and so it should always be praised for what it is but it's sad to watch it somewhat die in its own fame <laughs> yeah yeah that's a pretty good way of putting it <laughs> yeah uh matthew what do you like the general the thoughts of the movies <laughs> yeah i think it touching on that again the fact that it's a theme park ride that evolved into a movie uh-huh. you think about that and you think well this this is one of the things that you sh- that shouldn't work yeah. If they announced today that they were they were doing they were doing a, a film based on one of the rides, everyone would everyone would think, oh god, no, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be terrible. But it wasn't, and the reason it wasn't isn't because of some fluke. It's yeah. because there was careful attention to detail. There was a, a creative idea, and there were people that were committed to achieving it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you had that again with the sequels. Like I said, they just they just decided to go for it. <clears throat> and it ultimately became what people initially thought it would be. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a people now see it as a bit of a cash grab, and you just need to return to the idea of well, nobody expects us to to do anything, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it half assed. Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, that means we should we should throw more effort at it to make sure that it is what the other one should be, because there's still stuff there that. You can, you can pull it back. It's not dead, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as well, something we haven't mentioned, the score, Hans Zimmer's score, <laughs> probably oh. one of the best ever. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to mention that earlier because I was thinking about it when you were talking about the horror. The music just in, like, oh, there's so many, like, songs that I can think of, like, in my head that, you know, give that creepy horror oral vibe. But then it's such a recognisable theme and, like, the music is just a, a soundtrack in itself is, is phenomenal to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. like, an all-time great soundtrack for, like, a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's... What about you, Henry? What's your... Well, I I would say that those first three movies, even though, like, you can have your, like... I feel like many people have, like, maybe small problems here and there. Um, I feel that first trilogy, trilogy is very much one of those great, like, I don't know, like Star Wars or, or Lord of the Rings sort of experience where they are three movies that work so well and are kind of like lightning in a bottle um, sort of things um, that were all like creatively led by the director and the writers. Um, and it's always weird to me that like these movies came from Disney, um, which is, I always forget this, like it's a Disney movie. Because um, I yeah. just... Yeah, it's weird to think about that, isn't it? Because they're so not Disney from whatever else they do. Um, I mean, the third movie starts out with, with um, pirate uh, child hangings. <laughs> like, it's it's not the average blockbuster in any sense. Um, and a great example is the runtimes are like, like, that first movie is pretty long. And then by the time we get to the third one, it's like three hours long. Um, and like, I could totally see Disney getting nervous about that and saying to the director that you have to keep it down to at least two hours at most um and it just yeah. like the fact that they're they're like three hour epic movies um and then compare that to the new ones where they are they're maybe two, hour, two hours ten minutes and they're definitely trying to just wrap up wrap up what they're doing quickly as possible um it doesn't they've lost this sort of that weird flair where i feel like even if you didn't like the second or third movie i feel like in 10 years time if you by chance watch them again, you will really appreciate them. At the very least, appreciate them um, yeah. for what they what they what they are. Um, 
and I can't really see that with the fourth, fifth ones <laughs> um, mm-hmm. happening. Um, yeah, so we're kind of at the end now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Jay, do you want to um, like advertise anything you're doing, like anything Instagram-wise? Um, well, I just want to say thanks for having us on the show. Uh, it's been really great. Um, yeah. Of course, I'm sort of just jumping on on different podcasts with other people. <laughs> uh, to sort of advertise you know everything I'm doing uh, to promote sort of better mental and physical health uh, mm-hmm. especially in these in these grave times with the pandemic and, and stuff going on uh, so if you just want to keep sort of up to date you know the YouTube channels www.youtube.com forward slash JC live or the Instagrams instagram.com at underscore Jason dot Collins uh, and you can check out all the training I'm doing for my professional boxing match, as well as all the sort of uh, podcasts and let's talks I'm doing with people from all over the world, um, just about mental health. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd be like, you'd be nice having you on. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you don't really get that many guests. <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, love it. I love making little pop-ups here and there, and especially because you know we've been to college together, Henry. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's lovely catching up, really. Like a little reunion about Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I, I really recommend um, following you on Instagram or YouTube. You're doing some really great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll yeah. put links in the description for the episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, we'll tag you in the Instagram posts as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for us, if you want to follow us, um, it's at Marvelous Cinema Podcast on Instagram. And for Twitter, it's at Cinema Marvelous. Um, yeah, so at the moment we're just doing like opinion posts and just general reviews. Uh, next week we're doing Star Wars reviews, I think, every other day maybe. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, so if you want to do that, you can follow us there. Um, yeah, so this has been a really good episode. <laughs> it has been real fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Goodbye, Thank I guess. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Sorry, goodbye.